Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank coming at you on a Thursday, June the 10th. I'm Scott Prather. I said Thursday. That means Norman Locke is in the house, in studio with me. Whoa. Oh, I, I don't even know what he's got up his sleeves. Literally, he's got a big hoodie on. Yeah. Nothing up the sleeves. <laughs> I don't know. His arms. His arms. Yeah, this um, was supposed to be a large, but if it's like extra large, I don't know why. That's all right, man. It's a hoodie. Yeah. It's as you can as you know, in the wintertime, that's like I pretty much just have a hoodie on at all yeah. times. Yes. It's comfort, right? And nice Zion Williamson. It's all about comfort from me. Um good morning, everybody. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. We got a lot to get into this morning. NBA playoffs, Marks, Mayweather. Ali? Hey. Hey? Yes. Muhammad <laughs> Ali. Yes. Relevant to yes. this morning's topic. Uh NFL offseason stuff happening. The Saints Cap Wizardry. Um baseball having issues with their pitchers doing things and it's not a big story. College sports, NIL, it's all over the place. Um and uh, apparently zoned in on a coach who has a uh, a heck of a track record but also a checkered one at least in recent history, we'll uh, we'll mention that as well this morning. Let's just start with the man, the myth, the legend, Chris Paul. Norm, Ball. <laughs> Norm you. Chris Paul, man, he's come on, man. Point God, that's that's just the the that's his nickname. That's what to call him. He's on a mission right now, and. He's destroying teams. Uh, He's 36 years old. Him and LeBron right now are the founding of youth in the NBA. But is Paul – I've been saying it about Paul all year. I feel like now everyone's starting to say, hey, man, how, how can we don't talk more about it, what he's doing at his age? Is that just me or am I am I in the blinds here? I feel like he hadn't gotten that love all season, and I've just been watching him just marveling at what he's been doing. Well, top five in the MVP vote. Voting, so I say that. But he, he shouldn't have snuck in. He should have been like, well, CP three for MVP. They had other people that were doing better things than CP three at the time, and I, I, I'm okay with him sliding in the top five. There was a lot of debate on should he have been in that top five, but I was okay with him sliding in the top five. But not, not going past five, Scott. I wouldn't do it. I, wouldn't. I mean, MJ had retired the second time before he was 36. Yes. Chris Paul's out there, 36, a lot of tread on the tires. and uh, Also, Jordan's gets kind to, of a, a Gets to Phoenix. With no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm not saying, like, it, they, it, in their era, it was, they weren't keeping track of their body. They weren't keeping, they weren't taking care well, of Well, MJ their also had retired a year before, but he had won a title and was still the best player in the world. I'm only pointing out, like, it's how rare it is, yeah, right? No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say Chris Paul is... is, is is Michael Jordan or anything? No, him and LeBron at what they're doing at their age. I can't think of any other player who, who has not had a drop off like that at that age. He said he found. I don't. It was he was on JJ Reddick's podcast, like in the off. It was a while back in the off season, and he was talking about finding some kind of trainer that was able to, you know, it, it unlocked something in him as far as diet and training, where his body felt young again. And that was before his year with OKC, where he was an all-star and the Thunder was supposed to be booty and 
They made the playoffs. Yeah, and and it was only because of Chris Paul. Correct. I say only. I mean, without Chris Lou Paul, Dort. they're a lottery team. Let's be honest. Stephen, and Dort. Phoenix had a nice little run in the bubble last year. They won eight straight and couldn't quite get into the playoffs. But two seed up 2-0 against Denver, who has the MVP. I mean, it's Chris Paul, man. No, I, I just every time I every time I watch him, I, I mean, I tweet it when I watch him often. But it's the Wolverine meme, man. I'm just sitting there. You see the Wolverine. It's the Wolverine meme. I just sitting there, just looking at him, remembering his time with the New Orleans Hornets, and getting nostalgic, and just kind of happy for him, but kind of sad for me. Yeah, him and him and Tyson Chandler was tweeting last night, and then I was just looking like, ah, those Smoothie King. Center days. Back then, it was just the New Orleans Arena. Yeah, just the New Orleans Arena. But New was, Orleans Hornets. Man, I remember watching them practice at the Lario Center. Mm, oh. It was. It, the, everyone acts like, oh, they've, New Orleans doesn't support blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Yeah, that, that, from the 07 08 season, the latter part of that year, the next season, it was popping. Yes, it was. It was like it. It no, was. That it was, was the year that the All Star game it came was to New full, Orleans too. Uh, oh eight, yeah, oh eight. It was oh, there. It was, it was pool. The next season, it was full, and then they tried to trade Chandler. It was rescinded, and then eventually, it just kind of slowly. It, there was still there was still decent support. I mean, when Chris Paul would play, um, again, it, it this perception from the national media, like, oh, they've never cared. No, look, I was there. In 0405, working cameras for Cox whenever they won 18 games and had no one. This is when Baron Davis forced his way out. Okay, then it was like half full, and they were an 18 win team. All right. I was also there when Chris Paul was there, and when he was at the you know peak of his powers, when he was in New Orleans, that place was packed, and no, loud, was. and slammed, <laughs> and people were excited. And it and goes those- back to if you win. And you give something, you give them something to be excited about. They're going to be there, man. And those people don't understand the viewpoint of the kids growing up at that era. So it's like, okay, yeah, the grownups might not into it, but there's millions of Chris Paul fans that started from his tender in New Orleans. You were a teenager, right? Yeah, I was a teenager, and I, I remember the like I told you that '06 to '09 era of watching basketball in New Orleans. You had to be at the games to watch Chris Paul. They were so they were in OKC for those two years. Had a lot of support. They had like, I don't know, three games at the arena, three games in Baton Rouge. They were trying to do something. And then in 07, they fully moved back. George Shin, the owner at the time, didn't want to move back. And David Stern was like, you're moving back. <laughs> like, well, I, I want to stay here. Now, this he didn't say this publicly. Um, and so they, they came to an agreement of if – because Shin's thing was like New Orleans won't be able to support them because of Katrina. That was, that was his stance, but – Meanwhile, the Saints had just had the 06 season, and they had season tickets sold out and a waiting list for the first time ever, which, by the way, is still intact here 15 years later. Um, And so Stern said, okay, relocation fee at the time was not what it is now. I mean, it's not like what the guy for the Rams in the NFL paid like hundreds of millions. I don't know. It was like 30 or 40 million. A lot of money for George Shin, who apparently had trouble making money owning a basketball team. And and Stern and he basically the, the the owners came to an agreement where if 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 New Orleans cannot meet this average attendance threshold in their first season back, you will have the right to move with approval from other league owners without having to pay a relocation fee. And I bet you in George Shin's mind, he's like, okay, one year there. done deal. Well, they had their best season in franchise history, and when the season started, it didn't look great because New Orleans at the time was still still had a lot of Still had a lot of comeback to do. Um, 
from Katrina and whatnot, but they were so good and so excited and people got into it. And Chris Paul was the number one reason why should have been MVP that year. He finished second to Kobe who should have been the MVP the year before when they gave it to Nash for his second one. So it was like part of Some of it was NBA writers remorse in my opinion. Chris Paul was the MVP that year. I don't care what anyone says. Late later part of that season, they hit the attendance threshold with just like a couple of games left. And it was just like, this is incredible. <laughs> and then Shin publicly said, like, he never had a doubt. And I would imagine there was part of him that actually was excited. Like, okay, I guess it will work out. You know, and the next year they set a record for season ticket sales and they ended up finishing seventh and not second in the West and got bounced in the first round by the Nuggets. And Chris Paul would have one more great season with Monty Williams um, before Chris Paul went over to the Clippers. But it was just a, a time. And as you said, the youth there, I, I've, I've said this before, Emceeing some of the UL football banquets back when Coach Mark Huspeth was the head coach, <laughs> they would they always do that thing, Norm, at the end of it where Darren Walker puts together a video, yeah, and it's a highlight of one of the seniors next to like a a child uh, a, a photograph of them from when they were a kid. Some of the parents would send a photograph when they were a baby. Some would send it when they were just like eight, nine, ten, whatever, teenager. I remember like you would see. Some of these players in New Orleans, like Elijah McGuire and others, and they'd be like a kid wearing a Chris Paul jersey. Yes, sir. And it's like the old, like kind of like teal yep. Hornets color. And I'm oh. like, like, look, like you can't tell me that if you start winning and you get a superstar, that's how you build a long term fan base. Once it's embedded and it's like a generational thing. Now. It failed. Chris Paul left. No one really blamed him. They didn't even have an owner at the time. But he still can that, go to New Orleans and do what he wants. Oh, like, yeah. that he, moment at that. Well, he but Norm, he got booed for a little while, and well, I never got that. Yeah, I I don't understand. Again, I'm talking specifically to the youth when he came in because yeah. he came and built a basketball court in Pontchartrain Park in my neighborhood, and like you say, had the the funny teal colored ground on concrete. But it still is like okay, we had nothing, and then now we got a, a Chris Paul basketball Hornets. Colorway basketball court. Yeah. Upgrade. Then you had like Drew Brees around the same time he put redid Lusher's football field, redid Tag Garmin's football field. It's like they came in and Reggie Bush did one too. Reggie and like and those are the three big three in sports because they connected with the youth immediately coming in right after Katrina. It's like those three can never do any wrong in any of the eyes of the fans. I, I, great, great stuff. Great point, Norm. ESPN fourteen twenty and Paul. I don't know what he has left. He's 36. He wants to do another big contract. I'm sure Phoenix is going to do whatever they can to bring him back. But, boy, it'd be nice if he could book in his career just, just one year in Nola, man. I, where I he feel like he can get a farewell tour with us. Youth. It would probably look, I'll even admit, by the last year, whatever deal he gets, it would probably be not great. But, man, for that, for that first year or something, it would just be. Imagine if he had been on the New Orleans Pelicans this year. Yeah, I think we they were a lot of I almost say the wrong word a lot, a lot of mischief that transpired wouldn't have transpired because when Chris Paul's on the floor, he is the ultimate floor general. He's making sure everybody is doing their job to the peak of their ability. Are you going to hear his mouth the entire game? That's what I love about Chris Paul. Like he's not going to shut up. Like he's telling you, no, you got you're supposed to set that pick. Oh, you're supposed to cut down on that screen. Uh, why are you not in that corner? Get in the corner. That's what you. That's what you need from your point guard. And it's like that's what we've been missing. He, um, he's not loved by everyone around the league. I get it, but he's respected by everyone around the league. 
And I I watched every one of those Hornets games back in the day, and I would just marvel, like, how is he not getting more? How is the world not talking about him? And I guess to an extent they were, but I was just like, he's... I would get so excited. Like, sometimes, I'm not lying. There's sometimes when you watch the Pelicans now, Norm, sometimes it's fun, but sometimes it's like a chore. It's like, yeah. good Lord. Like, what, what is... This, this is just driving me crazy. With Chris Paul, when he was there, it never felt like a chore. It was like oh. always... It was always fun. You always felt like he could do something tonight that's just that's just special. That's just incredible. And, and, the, he did, <clears throat> and he's still doing it all these – we're in 2021, and there he is taking a team that hadn't won a, a playoff series in a long time uh, in over a decade, and now they're up 2-0 in the quarterfinals, and he's just balling. No turnovers last night. That's the stat line. No. Yeah, first guy to do it in the playoffs since – Chris Paul did it with the Clippers back in whenever it was. No turnovers. You know how high of a basketball intellect you have to do to, to put up a double-double with no turnovers in the playoffs. Come on, man. Yeah, like you said, you got, you, got, you got to give him his flowers. The angles on the court of pick and roll. Like, it, it he's, he's like a, a genius in that. Yes, regard. he is. He just knows the floor and knows it so well and knows all the angles that you get him the right pieces around him. And, uh, you know, he's just high basketball IQ, annoyingly competitive to the point where it's like, good Lord, man. But that's what you need. That's, that's what you need from him. He has under, 14, under six feet, six feet under. Dude, I remember just back with him and Drew Brees. Like, it was like these two guys are like – you said sort of the lifeblood of the city at the time and, and what the city really needed in the region in a lot of ways. And there are these two just short guys that are play, performing at the highest level at their craft. It was uh, – and so in some regards, that makes them – you know how it is. It's like even more relatable. It's not like there's six-foot, eight people walking no, around no. that are like 200-plus pounds all the time. And you see these two guys, you're like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. That's I'm, pretty I, I, I kind of, I'm kind of as big as them. And that's – I feel like that's where um, <clears throat> I mean Reggie, Young, Bo- Reggie Bush wasn't tall either. You know what no, I mean? No, he wasn't. I got I have a picture <laughs> of me with Reggie Bush in high school. You can't. You wouldn't know who who played in the pros and who didn't. Well, but he was pretty chiseled. You can see it. In yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> if the three of them took their shirts off. You look at you Drew, Chris, and Reggie. You'd be like, yeah, one of those is not like the others. But but I hear you. Yeah, <laughs> man, he brought Kim Kardashian to our playoffs. Like pulled up in a white Range Rover and parked it on the track of Tag Army. <laughs> That's awesome. It's his, it's his stadium, man. It's his stadium, or it's his field there. What is it, Reggie Bush Field, the Reggie at Tag Bush Burley field. Stadium? Yeah, and and still we lost by a point. Oh man, he they him and, and Kim Kardashian back when they were dating. They would he he had courtside at all the Hornets games everywhere. Hornets games, you would always see him repping and. Um, it was a fun time, man, in, in New Orleans back, you know, mid to late 2000s, early 2000s before Paul left, then Reggie signed elsewhere. and But there was that period of time where it was like the Saints won a Super Bowl. The NBA team had this MVP candidate. They were really relevant, really good. And Reggie never became sort of the, I don't know, expectation level was too high, I think. Yeah. He never became that, but – his relationship with the uh, you know the city and the region at that time based on what he did off the field even more so than on it he, and he's always been a little underappreciated for what he did on the field for the Saints in my opinion 
Um, I'm about to ask, like, so Reggie Bush doesn't get in the Ring of Honor or anything? He probably will. He's in. He's on their all-time team. Okay. Like, okay. as uh, the, you know, they have like the you know when you have like an all-conference team, they'll announce like utility, so it'll be like a running back <laughs> that does like a little bit of everything. Okay. They do that, right? Like, I think Elijah parsley on. I think top. that's what they put uh, Elijah Mitchell on a couple times. McGuire. That's that's what he is. Like all, I think it's all purpose is what they list okay. him as. Because you can't have him as a return man because. The Saints have had two return men in the history of the NFL, and each of them own all-time NFL records, Michael Lewis and Tyrone Hughes. You obviously can't put them at running back, but they want to honor them, so it's, oh, yeah, all-purpose, we all got purpose. you. Let's, yeah. let's, put, let's, put, let's put Reggie in Utility. there. There's only five seasons, but, again, I think all of that love is I mean, from is he, for, he's played 11 seasons, things. if I'm not mistaken. He played 11 years in the NFL. I'm, I'm. Let's forget about the second half of his career. <laughs> let's he had, I'll say this: he had a, he had a good season in Miami. His yeah. first year there, he rushed for over a thousand yards, and that's something he always wanted to prove. Like I can be the every guy back, but then Detroit. He got injured on the sideline. He had yeah. to sue Detroit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got got his bread. Didn't out of do Detroit. much in San Francisco. His one season in Buffalo, he finished the season with minus one rushing yards <laughs> and a touchdown. Though a touchdown. I mean that's. Like, I rushed for more yards than you. I remember Steve Gleason tweeted, like, hey, buddy, I rushed for more yards than you this year. <laughs> so that's why Reggie needs to – he he has to retire. If, I, if he comes back and retires, I might get some type of Reggie Bush memory. But that's really the only New Orleans Saint that I can touch memorabilia about. He retired after that 2016 season where he uh, lost one all-time rushing yard um, with the Bills. But uh, but he's doing his thing on NFL Network, and or is he on Fox now? I think he's on. I think Fox. he's on Fox yeah. now. Yeah. But uh, he's doing his thing, man. Good for him. Shout out to Reggie Bush, man. Shout out. Memories, memories on this thing. Yeah, you talk about like the, the New Orleans Hornets at the time and putting they put courts in like all over. Even like, Thomas Park. Now, I don't know, might be faded now, but like they came maybe 2009 or 2010. Like laid down a court. I think Rasul Butler, rest in peace. He's passed away but he was on the team at the time he came to the boys and girls club out there they painted the court it was teal it had the logos and everything but now that they're the pelicans it's like so much of that branding of the hornets they just want to act like it never, never ever happened yeah. but you still go places you can still see some of that teal yeah like i still have an old new orleans home. hornets t-shirt i'm i'm on a hunt Rocket. for the okc New Orleans Hornets, Valentine's Day jerseys. Oh my God, those were hideous. No, no, Scott. those were so bad. Those pink, those pink things that Scott, just said Oklahoma City on it. That thing you needed. Mm. I needed. I, I need don't it. want it. That's the X. That's right there. You, you wear worst that, jersey in franchise history. You wear that jersey amongst other sports and jersey enthusiasts. They're like, you know what? He's a true fan, and as a vintage, that's a true throwback. How many of them would even know? It's they would just they would just that's think why, it's some weird Thunder jersey, and that's why that's why you got a bloody mind. That's why I need it. Oh, it's actually a Hornets jersey. Most people are like, oh, okay, whatever. That's like wearing a, a Atlanta Falcon Brett Favre jersey. They you wouldn't they wouldn't know what to do with it. You wouldn't know. You'll see. You'd be like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Is that fake? What is that? And then you you teach them up. You coach them up, Scott. They're like, oh. His swag level's over 1,000. Really? So what if you walked around in a Des Bryant Saints jersey? People would be, people would be <laughs> like, where'd you that get that? That would be funny. <laughs> I mean, you, you, had, you had that one made. That's what you did. You had that one made. Uh, what's the what's the wide receiver? Didn't um, the guy from All the Smoke, didn't he play for the Saints? He, Brandon Marshall? Brandon Marshall. Oh, yeah. He never, Saints, never suited up in a game. <laughs> a Saints Brandon he Marshall. He never suited jersey. up in a game, but... 
I don't even know what his number would have been. He likes to laugh about that. He's like my former teammate. The and he re- he really he'll re- he'll reference stuff. Oh yeah, man, me and me and Drew, me and Teddy. He's like Teddy threw me the ball all the time because we we weren't playing in the game. We were scout team. <laughs> Get a Brandon Marshall Saints black jersey. You know, you know, he had got that customized. I don't know. There's something about. I've had this discussion with my friend Ralph Malbro from the Saints Happy Hour podcast. There are like. There are certain random jerseys. I can't explain exactly why. I'm talking like random players. Okay. Not ones that like not had like a, a cup of coffee with a team and is well known. Just like a player that like only a like real hard fan of a team would remember. And if you wore it, it would just be like funny. Like, oh my gosh, like where did you get that? Not like like, I think, like, the Des Bryant thing would just, everyone would know it because it's kind of recent. Be like, oh, yeah, that was okay. But just, like, there was this guy that played linebacker for the Saints named, like, Orlando Ruff. And if you just had a 56 Ruff jersey, if I saw that on game day, I'd be like, and he, like, he, like, started games for I a year or two. I think your last name was Ruff. I would just be like, <laughs> but, like, for me, I can't explain, like, the appreciation. As long as they're wearing it, like, not as like, oh, he was like my friend or kid. No, like you're wearing this somewhat ironically. And and there's just certain players from certain teams where it, I, I can't I can't explain why, but when you see it, you know it. You're like, all right, respect for that. That is one of the most random so incredible you, jerseys. If you had a, a, a Eric Allen jersey. Yeah, but Allen was like a, a pro bowler like way back in the day. So that wouldn't that wouldn't spark you up? So he really got uh, an Eric Allen random. Saints jersey. No, because yes. he was like he was. You know, there were some bad players on that. Did give if you gave me like a, oh man, a Clarence Jones. Okay, but that's <laughs> but that's too much because he barely. I don't know that. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work because he didn't. He didn't even play at all. It's got to be like someone that played a good bit for your team but wasn't really good. Had an interesting name. I don't know how to explain it, man. I, I'm trying to. I'm thinking out loud, trying to explain why it would, why it would work. But I, uh, I just can't, man. Man, I'm looking at this 19. I was just looking. I just picked a random year. I'm looking at this 1997 Saints roster, and this is nasty. Oh, d- d- Mike Dicka, t- this terrible. is nasty. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Like who are these? Who's Rondell Hill and Andre Haskins? Randall. <laughs> Randall Hill and Andre Hastings. Man. <laughs> Those were the starting wide receivers. Although you said who's Rondell Hill and Hastings. Man, you get these starting guys wide out receivers. Here. I know Irv Smith. Randall Hill was a DB, and Irv Smith was, he was not, with respect, he was not a good first round pick, not a good player for the Saints. Randall, Randall Hill was like a DB in college and then switched over to receiver, and he wore a Superman shirt underneath his jersey like when he'd make a big play he would raise it up and show the superman logo poor thing he played on the saints (laughs) he said poor thing he played on he would have he had a game every now and then where he'd go off but it's like i mean look at who was throwing on the ball oh i'm looking at the stats man oh in nine games 1200 yards two touchdowns 14 interceptions who's that he chula oh yeah oh god (laughs) Mike Ditka was the absolute worst. God, the defense was, was nice, though. Mike Ditka was so bad. So bad. <laughs> you know what you know would be funny? Now, this doesn't really fit into my um, 
criteria that I was looking for, but Kevin Hauser was the long snapper that got that a bunch of players. He <laughs> he got cut right before the Super Bowl season, by the way, and he had been on the team a while. And he invested in some kind of tax credits. Do you remember that? With yeah. if somebody was walking around in a Kevin Hauser jersey, that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious because it'd be like, wait, where did like where did you get? Where'd you get? You know, it's custom. Come on, it's man. custom. A lot of these jerseys are custom. That now you're just you're just you're just trolling. You're not getting these jerseys from nowhere. He's stitching mm-hmm. on that them logos. He's stitching them letters on. The two th- I got look at the 05 Saints roster. The, the Katrina season was that was full of guys that were like. Wait, he played on the team. I see. If you if you if you were rocking like an Azir Hakim Saints jersey, that would be pretty funny. Only two people I remember from that team from Katrina was Aaron Brooks and Deuce McAllister. That's that's because literally watching these games. This was when I was in Lafayette watching the games. Deuce got just, hurt early too. Just he laughing. Got, he got hurt early in the season. Then they made me wear that gold and black jersey. Yeah, those to gold like, jerseys were bad, man. They made me wear it to Jersey Day. And that's the only Saints jersey I own. It made me wear Aaron Brooks gold jersey to Jersey Day. Courtney Watson, linebacker, second-round pick out of Notre Dame, not good. Played a lot for the Saints. If you're rocking a Watson jersey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh. Fakir Brown, remember him? No. DB for the Saints. I think he played at Southern maybe or Grambling. He was from Louisiana, and he, he was a DB for the Saints, like a nickel and dime guy. And I don't know, like – Fakir Brown was is his name, but the way that some color analyst on TV would have trouble pronouncing his first name, and so it made people laugh. <laughs> I don't need to go into details of why. Yes. So he's he's memorable enough. He's local enough that, but Brown is such like a thirty five Brown on the back. Like you would have to be like a a hardcore tried true Saints fan to be like, oh no. Your last name isn't Brown. Your That's nurse. a Fakir Brown jersey no, right ain't there. Nobody's saying that. <laughs> you, you, you think there's nobody. I'm telling you. There is a there is a Kyle. There's a portion of Saints. No, he, there Kyle are a portion of Saints fans that would that would appreciate that. Twenty seven after the hour. ESPN fourteen twenty. So let me let me ask you this. What were you watching last Sunday night? I was watching the Mayweather Logan Paul fight and Chad Johnson versus Brian Maxwell. Why would you do that? The internet got me. Okay. Oh, <laughs> oh, I was watching basketball. I was watching the uh, United States men's national soccer team in a thrilling win. So I that, was you was up not, late. I was. I was up late. <laughs> so, so Monday, up let me tell you something. Monday, Monday, I was miserable all day. <laughs> I feel bad. I had to apologize to my wife and kids the next day. I was just like, oh, man, that's, I, I was, was up like, late. Scott. But it got me. See, it got my adrenaline going, man. It was good stuff. And then I see everyone tweeting about this fight. I'm like, wait, that's the night? What? Who's who's buying that? I think I saw you tweet gold or Mayweather oh, or something. I was like, big wait, moment. Wait, wait, Scott's up. What's Scott's big doing? Mo- both. Both. <laughs> Go. We'll talk about it. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN1420.com. Two life.
Welcome back into the great Scott show. The great sports callers, open think tank, Scott Norman Locke, Norman Mark. <laughs> what, 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 did, what, did, what was the quote from Floyd Mayweather that was just floating around everywhere about legal bank robbery? If it, Yeah, who's better at legal bank robbing than him? I don't understand why folks keep shelling out all this money to see what they put on there. The promotion is working. That's the one thing I can say about Money Mayweather promotions is it works. I, I, and I hate to say it, Scott. It got me. I didn't, uh, let me let me preface it by saying this. I haven't paid for pay-per-view in so long. <laughs> you were watching it elsewhere? Elsewhere. I was watching it uh, live elsewhere. Letting someone else pay for it. Yeah, some, let someone else pay for it. So I can't see I got gypped out of my money, but I did get gypped out of my time. Like, I don't think... Maybe I'm wrong here because I didn't. I haven't watched. Did you watch the undercard? No, I didn't watch any of that. I was watching I was, the basketball undercard. And was more exciting. The Chad Ochocinco versus Brian Maxwell fight was more exciting than the Mayweather versus Logan Paul fight. And that's just because we know who Ochocinco is, right? If he was like another boxer that you never heard of, no one would have cared. Yeah, no one would. It was just kind of the showmanship of it all. But that right there, like they made. Millions and millions of dollars, and everybody, everyone that I've talked to that watched it was like, "Yeah, it was trash. It was awful. It was awful." Like, well, what were you expecting? It, he was. It was a. He's putting on a show, but a bad show. Someone's like, "Well, why do you care? What if somebody pays for wrestling?" Because people, when they pay for a pay per view for wrestling, they know what's. They're they're not a mark. They know what's happening. There were there were. I would I would venture to say millions of people that legitimately bought that. In hopes that man, they might be a knockout or there might be something fun here, and I don't like either of those guys. It's like they're not doing any See, of that. What I was expecting was a Nate Robinson repeat. Now that I enjoyed, and, and it was like it was a spectacle. But seeing Nate get knocked out and not get up, money, money in the bank. It was worth it. So I was like, okay, let's see if Chad gets knocked out. Knocked down, which again. Bart up more energy, like, okay, now, all right, this Mayweather, Mayweather might have knocked Logan Paul out. But knowing he boxing. He did, and he held him up. And he held him up. <laughs> he yeah, said, no, you can't go down yet. We got to drag this thing out. I'm sitting there watching in excitement, thinking, okay, this could be something. But in the back of my mind, knowing how Mayweather fights, his fighting style, it's like nothing. It's, yeah, you were, you, were, you were Rube. You were Mark. That was Mark. I, you were Mark. I, they got me. They got me. Do you think everyone knew that they were? Do you think some people are still in denial that are like, I don't know, man. I think they put on a good you, fight. I, I would, I would buy it if there's a rematch. If you're a Logan Paul fan, <laughs> that's, the, that's the only way. And I've, I've only ran across one. I'll say since the fight, I've talked to a lot of people, and I've only ran across one who honestly was like, Yeah, you know what, Norm? It takes a lot of guts to get in the ring with a, a world champion, a legendary. I was just like, Bro. Takes a lot of money, and he knew that he wasn't even going to actually be in a real boxing match. I'm like, I'm like they could have did this on YouTube. He has the subscribers. They could have did it if on you, YouTube. Yeah, it's like he he Mayweather could have knocked him out in the first round if he if he if he like right really out the wanted game. to. He could like let's be real here. Come on, all right. So there are still some marks out there. I'll say they're going to keep taking your money, Mark. I'll say he's in Mark. I'll say Chad Ocho Cinco fight was worth it. Yeah, you didn't spend the money. 
at this point. Would you have spent fifty dollars to watch that? Oh, I was clowning everybody who spent fifty. While you watch. While I watch. While you watch. Because so I'm like, like uh, I'm gonna clown you, but I'm still watching too. Yeah, because immediately, Scott, immediately, once the fight was over, I said, if you paid money to watch this, come to my house, I'm gonna give you a better fight. <laughs> ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com two six nine ten seventy seven. We'll open up phone lines two six nine one zero seven seven. Good morning, welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Good morning, guys. Um, I have to say, I think I used to have these celebrity matches and boxing matches, and no one really cared, and it was kind of like, I guess you could almost say icky. Like nobody really wanted to watch it. It felt like watching these actors who were at the end of their rope trying to make a little cash, you know. So. I think it was a different thing back then, but I think now what it is is, like, people hate Logan Paul and Jake Paul so much that they're willing to pay money to see them get knocked out. Like, these guys, I don't know if you've ever, like, read about them, Scott. I'm sure Norm's heard about it a little bit, but these guys, like... I know I know about them. You know how I know about them? I learned about them from Terrible Tune Tuesday because I... I discovered some songs that Jake Paul released a few years ago, and then I started reading Soldier up... Soldier Boy? No, no, it was it was like job one so but but it it but once I discovered it I read about like I read about them and then I was like I couldn't believe that some of this stuff existed. So I knew I knew about them when they were coming up in the scene and uh yeah, and then so he you know they 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 go up against fights they know they can win, shorter individuals, not fighters who don't box, make sure they're past their prime and then oh People hate me. Let me fight Mayweather since people hate him and they'll want to see me get knocked out. But under the table, we'll make sure that we go eight rounds so that I don't get knocked out. <laughs> I mean, do you know, do you know about uh, Jake Paul's, well, it's Logan, Logan Paul's uh, forest incident, right? Yes. Okay, so that's my point. People, things like that. So people just want to see this guy get knocked out. And so I think people pay money to do it. And I think the draw of just him getting knocked out is not enough. So you throw Floyd Mayweather's name in it, and people are like, oh, he's going to actually face Floyd. So there's a chance he'll get knocked out. But then you also got people who hate the way Floyd boxes, so they want to see him get knocked out. They're like, I don't want to watch a defensive boxer. I hope he gets knocked It's just a bunch of, like, no offense to Norm's friends, but a lot of, not him, them, but people in general. There's some just scummy people that just want to pay money to see, you know, Certain hey, they can spin it on whatever they want. They can spin it on whatever they want. But, you know, Jay emails. No, he yeah. says it's no different than wrestling, so I don't see a problem. I, I think it's no, it's I, different I, than I'm wrestling in that it's, it's disguising yeah. itself as something legitimate. And I think, look, I, I, I do you guys think this thing has a shelf life? Or do you, are you going to see more of this? You see more. I think I think I think the problem is that the, the YouTube, TikTok, Instagram world is... Oh, we lost you there, Josh. Sorry, started uh, fading out there. But neither of you think it's it's. You don't think it has a shelf life. You think it's going to keep rocking. I think it's because once those numbers come out, Scott, and they compare to all these other regular boxer matches that that keeps going on, it's going to blow it out the water. And I, I hate to say it's because of Logan's Paul's following from YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, and the numbers are going to be bloated, and all they're going to do is put it in your face and be like, okay, well, who's next? You've had uh, Bow Wow, Soldier Boy, all these other artists come out to try to get in WWE, and they they pretty much blocked them from getting WWE because they know 
well, y'all, y'all only want to come here to be a spectacle. You're really not a, a fan or want to be in twice into the WWE uh, universe. I could see him at some point being in there. But I, I just feel like another celebrity fight, you had uh, Lamar Odom come out and say he wanted to fight somebody. They see those paydays. Man. They see the and it's, they it's, see those paychecks. The numbers support what they want to do. I hate to say it, but it's like you 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 promoted enough. You're gonna dupe. You're gonna dupe enough people. But when Mayweather comes out and just says, "Hey, legal bank robbery," like does that hurt it or does it keep rolling? But as you uh, very eloquently pointed out to me, Norm, when you got in this morning before we got on the air, it's not like this is anything new. In fact. The greatest of all time was involved in something similar to this uh, many, uh, many, many years ago. In fact, he was calling his opponent the Pelican because of his opponent's chin. (laughs) Who is it? What are we talking about? We'll dig in next. It's ESPN1420.com. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. So that 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 fight the other night was it, it did it technically end in a draw since they were not going to they had, beforehand they were like there will be no winner or loser tonight. Well then there's no draw. Okay, so it's just a participation trophy <laughs> event exhibition matches. No winner, loser, draw. It happened. Everybody got the cash. Now supposedly. Uh, Logan Paul is going to take home maybe like four million dollars or something like that. To Mayweather's like seventy. Seventy. Supposedly, all the numbers aren't in. Uh, I know Chad Johnson tweeted out that he made a million dollars in eight minutes. He's going to McDonald's. Yeah, I saw that. So uh, when the numbers come out, I, I feel like that's when this this the circus is only going to get bigger. Well, the circus. There was a fifteen round draw in a. Um, Boxing match of sorts. It's an MMA fight. You had uh, one fighter from the U.S., nicknamed the greatest. Another from Japan, nicknamed Burning Fighting Spirit. Yes, sir. His style was catch wrestling and karate. Yes. The boxer from the U.S.'s style was Western boxing. (laughs) Muhammad Ali versus Antonio Inuki. 1976, Norm. The um, they didn't call it pay per view yet, but this was, this was like the pay per view. The pay per view. The fight itself, which was fought under special rules, in a lot of ways was seen as the precursor to MMA. Though, it was just I, there was, there was a lot of showmanship. Nineteen seventy six was a very different time than twenty twenty one in terms of what people knew and didn't know or expected and didn't expect. And you talk about two of the greatest showmen ever in Ali and Anuki in their respective sports and countries. Their build up to this circus, they were they it were talking all, all kind of trash. So you pointed out, you're like, look, this it's not like this is anything new, Scott. They've been doing this thing forever. And the undercard had Andre the Giant. That's right. 
So my my after, versus a boxer versus a boxer, and they went it they they actually was fighting they they fought <laughs> so they that undercard wasn't as a spectacle as Anuki versus uh, Muhammad Ali where Anuki didn't throw not a single punch or land a single punch because as you you was reading. The Muslim brothers of Muhammad Ali said, "If you land a single blow on Muhammad Ali's face, we'll kill you." <laughs> so Anuki just kicked him the entire time, but like a lot, like over a hundred times. Ali must have been sore. After that. Boy, that's a bruised leg. That your leg is purple. I've seen that in MMA. You're you can't even walk. Your leg so is purple. He and 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 Ali was the 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 heavyweight champion at the time. Heavyweight champion. Now, in a vacuum, Scott, what's the difference between what Ali did in 1976 and what Floyd Mayweather has done these the last two fights? Well, I would say that Ali and Anoki did it better because they were... With no punches was, being thrown? All over the world. Oh, well, like, I got you. I got all it. over the world. I, got I mean, that thing was was like it was it was like and it, and it also was like a, a you know they set a precedent, I guess. Um, now look, the Associated Press, the writers didn't like it. They called it a, a multi million dollar sham. Um, that sounds no, familiar. No surprise there. <laughs> but like, the thing is, like, I think I think a lot of folks knew going in Sunday, like this is probably what's going to happen. Maybe it might not, but this is. I would venture to say, now I wasn't alive in 1976, but because a lot of the stuff hadn't been done before and because of how great of a showman Ali was, and I, I've i only read about Anuki, I don't speak Japanese, so I, I, but through an interpreter, I mean, he was just going off on Ali. I would venture to say that a lot more people were were duped back then like at some point you had to be watching and you're like, why isn't this guy punching? Why is he only kicking Ali? Like, why isn't he throwing a single punch when he said going into the fight that he was going to punch him like a thousand times? And then you watch in the fight also and you, you after watching Ali, who did he knock out to win the, the championship? Um, Richard Dunn. Richard Dunn. After watching Ali destroy Richard Dunn, you don't see him knock out Anuki? <laughs> 15 rounds? By round eight, I would have been like, yeah, nah, my my black and white antenna is tripping. And then, <laughs> and then they go 15 rounds, and then the ref calls it a draw. <laughs> the judges are like, it's a draw. It's a tie. No one wins. Um, you know what else, though, Scott? Nothing else was probably on TV. Well, you had like four channels. Yeah, right? So Vince McMahon Sr., father of... Vincent Kennedy McMahon, Vince McMahon Sr., who started WWE, which was WWE back in the day, then became WWF, and now it's WWE. He sold tickets to a closed-circuit telecast of the fight at Shea Stadium. And they had like 33,000 people all show up and spend money because they're like, we can't, we don't have access to this closed-circuit TV thing. Where can we go? Always the promoter, he's like, oh, how about we pack a stadium for you guys to watch it? Like... Norm, you, you've seen screens at stadiums. It's yeah. not like the, you know what those things look like in 1976. It, it had to look bad. That's why I'm. I'm but like that, no one. But back then, but bad was just it. all you had. That's probably was HD. <laughs> they sold it out, man. They fought under, yeah. They they fought under uh, created rules. There were there reports that they had some agreements um, behind the scenes. There was 
There's I'm, a lot going on there, man. And I, I apologize to all the, the the old heads out there. They did have stuff to watch. 1976, they had Happy Days, they had Charlie's Angels. They you shouldn't have this company. many channels. Yeah, okay. But I was I was expecting, like, nothing to be on TV. No, you shouldn't have a lot. Of, you had, like, network TV. You had, like, you know. Hawaii 5 Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect that it had this much. I mean, it's not night. It's not the 1930s, Norm. <laughs> Come on, that's what I was picturing. <laughs> oh man, Anuki continued to wrestle for the next 22 years. The fight is considered by boxing writers and fans as the one of the most embarrassing moments in the career of both Ali and his cornerman. Um, it's considered shameful at the time. And it's like, oh, so we all feel the same uh, way uh, about the <laughs> Ali. Ali was just getting some money. No, I know. I mean, yeah, you, I'm glad you pointed out there are a lot of kind of a lot of similarities here. Now, Ali was Ali was was uh, polarizing, but like 45 years he ago. was he was disliked by many and he was beloved by many. Yeah, like the the love of Ali was for it was very different than Mayweather. I mean, Ali played. Ali was sometimes viewed as a heel by some, but like he was a baby face. Like yeah. his what he stood. Mayweather's always been like, nah, man, I'm yeah. go ahead and hate me because that gets me more money. Correct, uh, correct. And I and I feel like, like you say, all these articles coming out, everything, everything that there was said in 1976, we saying it again today. And it's crazy that it boat was in the month of June. It's 45 years ago. It's just it's a similar. You know what? Is he smarter than all of us? Maybe he read that and duped us. To set it all up. Is Mayweather smarter than us? From a business standpoint, yes, he's smarter than all of us about everything in terms of, and when it comes to promoting, yes, I would say that uh, absolutely. I got to give him his flowers. Absolutely, yes. He is uh, one of the best businessmen in, and so so are the Paul brothers. No, no. Logan Paul is a great actor. I I was trying to tell him he's a great, when, when they listed him, when they introduced him, they introduced him as... Boxer, podcaster, YouTuber, actor. So we was looking for what he acted in. Still couldn't find it. His brother was a Disney Channel show for a little while. But, but I don't know about him. I don't know about Logan yet. Yeah. See, I know this stuff because it's a terrible tune, too. So. <laughs> and so an artist. And, and so we. I'm going to give him his flowers for acting. He is a great. Those posts. The post-fight interviews, him talking about, you know, you could do whatever you want in the world. You could grow up and defeat the odds. And, like, man, you are a great actor. You're doing it. I feel you, Logan. Make that money, man. ESPN 1420, last note. So the referee and others around that Ali Anoki showdown still claim that there were not, like, restrictions in place, even though if anyone that watched it could tell there were there were. And it was Bret Hart, professional wrestler who was an employee of Inoki's that claimed in his 2008 autobiography that, no, there wasn't a special rule set, but as you stated, he wrote, and I quote, the black backing Ali made it clear that if Inoki laid a finger on their champ, they would kill him. That's why Inoki lay on his back for 15 rounds, kicking Ali in the shins, so hands, end quote. This claim was lent credibility by then NJPW referee Mr. Takahashi, who assured it was Ali's entourage and not Ali himself who demanded the restriction. So who knows, man? Maybe Muhammad's in there like, hey, we got to put on a show. And his supporters are like, "Um, 
this is not a boxing match. Like, you're the champ. Like, what are you doing here? And so they're like, all right, we have to take our matters in our own hands. Hey. You're like, see. We'll kill you. We we'll know. We See, they they probably knew and assessed all of the situation with all boxers in the U.S., like Western boxing. Like, okay, yeah, Ali didn't beat everybody. We're not we're not afraid of that. They don't know what, what Aniki uh, would have pulled out some type of special running Superman punch or something that would have knocked Ali clean out, nah, they couldn't have it. They, I understand the precautions that they had to And if you just go in a straight boxing match, well, guess what? Ali probably knocks that dude out. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, probably. Just, well, you don't know if he So was, it's like, how do we... It, the, the more I read about it, the more it feels like they both realize we got something here. This, yeah. We get a big payday, but as... And they, they had all the promotions. They got closer to the fight. They probably started to say, oh, man, all right. They could probably hurt each other. What are we? What are we gonna? How are we, how are we gonna? Pop? And then there are two camps for like, all right, we'll talk and figure it out for you guys. Like because uh, what? Like the fights? Like what if somebody would have set up Bruce Lee versus Ali? Like now nah, that's something that you could have duped me on. Could have duped me on that, and then and then you end up with a draw with just a bunch of kicks. You could dupe me on that one. The great Bruce Lee. But the you goat. can't. You can't dupe me Couple on Logan Paul. Versus Floyd Mayweather, like you can't dupe me on. You just you said you said they did dupe you. You can't do me again. <laughs> All right, I you will hold you to that. You can't do me not again. like George W. Like, fool me what? Shame on you. Fool like me twice. La- you, but Lamar you Odom's fight again. comes out, I will not be tuning in. When uh, Bow Wow's fight comes out, I will not be tuning in. Said he would he uh, he would call Anuki the Pelican because of his prominent chin, and Anuki said through an interpreter. Basically, yeah, and when you hit my chin, your your fist is going to get all messed up because that's how hard it is. Trash talking was probably a little more difficult to do between <laughs> the greatest and someone with an interpreter, but they 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 pulled it off, man. Uh, yeah, let him know what I'm saying. They pulled it off. Tell him I'm going to punch him in his face. Tell him that. Interpret that to him. ESPN1420.com. I'm Scott. That's Norman. We will be back in one minute. Short timeout, great Scott Show, 8 o'clock hour coming at you on the other side. This is ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show. Scott Prather, Norman Locke. Coming at you. You heard me. On a Thursday. Um, we've been talking about uh, Norm getting duped. Got duped. Talked Chris Paul. We're going to talk some NFL coming up as well. A little bit on an LSU story, but circling back to our last discussion about Ali and Inoki in 76 and what we're seeing now with some of these promotions. Now, the Paul brothers have been doing promotions where I'm going to talk a lot of trash, fight this MMA guy, but in a boxing match that is shorter than me and well past their prime. And then they took it to a new level and they, you know, Floyd Mayweather gets involved. Um, Jay, listener emails. I think he's got a good point here, Norm. He says, Promoters have ruined boxing by not giving us the best fights. Didn't boxing have the issue in the 90s? 
He says, so I blame boxing for this craziness. I do too. Like, uh, and I, I'll say that, you know, Lennon um, was the first to say that once the numbers come out, boxing will take a hold. And I, I just feel for it. And I, and I, I do truly feel like boxing has hit his all-time low. If it if it's not the the Wilder fight, who else are we talking about in boxing? That's the only fight that I want to see that's coming up. And boxing's had the issue for years. I mean, like in the nineties, in the early nineties, I just the promotion of boxing, the heavyweights, the stars, the video games, Evander Holyfield's real deal boxing on Sega Genesis. I had that. I had that. Create your own boxer. Let me tell you something. That's normal now. That was. Blow your mind when you were young on that game. But uh, it, it, everything about it, Tyson, all of that, late 80s, early 90s, it was just it, it, at some point not getting the best fights, not promoting itself the right way, everything. It just it kind of changed the game. And, uh, and then from an MMA standpoint, um, it's doing very well. Uh, UFC is doing extremely well. But, you know, the Paul brothers use it as, a, you know, they, they show up at these events, troll Dana White and say, hey, come fight me so you get this bigger payday. He's not paying you. They're not giving all the details. They're just, le- the Paul brothers say, what's something that on the surface people believe isn't maybe necessarily as black and white as, as it's presented publicly. Let's tap into that. Let's make fun of everyone and be like, hey, we'll get you paid and let's keep doing this. Meanwhile, they're making bank. So... See, the sport is just taking a turn for the worse, and I, like I told you, I will not get duped again. So if it's not, it. I, if it's not Wilder fighting this this upcoming match, I don't care about boxing, strict boxing, just stand up boxing. I don't care about the sport. I don't want to see anybody else fight. Uh, call me when next time Canelo fights. You know? I like, I like, I like. You know, Brandon RV, some local guys like. If it's a fighter that I've met or known, like I'll, I'm into it. But if it's, like Klitschko brothers yeah, or any like, of this other stuff, yeah, I'm like, like, no. like I don't, I don't have any kind of emotional attachment because it hasn't been presented in a cool way to me, or it hasn't been out in. I mean, boxing was part of pop culture. Yeah, and, then and we're, it's we're not talking anymore. strictly boxing. Not yeah, MMA and everything. No, MMA is different. different. MMA is strictly MMA's boxing, different. like you said, like. If they had a, a boxing match at the Cajun Dome, which they did like two years ago. That was cool. The Golden Gloves finals were cool. And I, you, if it wasn't for me knowing somebody who was fighting in that match, I wouldn't have went. It's just that simple. When when I was a kid, I remember my grandfather going to, I think it was Biloxi, uh, to multiple boxing matches. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, man, I wish I was 18. I could go to the casino. Oh, like the like lore of seeing the bright lights, them walking out with the celebrities uh, you know, the I'll say was watching Roy Jones Jr. and watching him make an album, make his own song, just the theatrics. You, you don't got that anymore. It's dead. And boxing, boxing live is 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 kind of cool. It's intense. Um, I love it, but it's not. I think maybe that's it. Maybe it's just it's these these things that are being presented, MMA and these these exhibitions that we're referencing. They're part of pop culture. They're all over the place. They're reaching people on their phones, on social media, on this other stuff. And it's, you know, I, boxing is behind in that regard. It is. For sure. ESPN1420.com, 269-1077 is the phone number to call. Let's head to the phone lines. Welcome <coughs> to the show. Good morning. 
greatest heavyweights. Um, you remember that? You remember that game? I think that was basically. Um, yeah, it was like all the answer. legends or whatever. Yeah. 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 Oh man, a, a classic. That that was a classic video game. Um, like I said, it had the same format as a uh, Vanda uh, Holyfield boxing, but I never played that. I never played a Vanda Holyfield boxing. But uh, greatest heavyweights, man. A uh, great game. Um, Deontay Wilder. Deontay Wilder's garbage. Uh, I'd rather uh, watch uh, Anthony Joshua fight. Isn't uh, Joshua? Oh, he oh, a big wussy. Who? Anthony Joshua. No, that dude can fight, man. The, um, he can be Wilder. <laughs> and guess what? Um, no, big he can't. Wussy. Man, Wilder, no, no, Wilder, I'm not bro. laughing at you. I'm laughing at Norm yelling. He a big wussy. <laughs> like in the great words of Norm. Coach Payne, build like a shotgun, shoot like a honey bun. That's oh, him. Come on now. Huh? Build like a Ooh, shotgun, Wilder? shoot like a honey bun. Yeah, you're right. Wilder. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Like I said, man. Um, and Scott, as a matter of fact, the call, I, I agree with Josh in a sense. You know, people just playing off of people's emotions. They, they want to see both of these men. Um, well, I don't know about Logan Paul. I'm sure there's some people out there that want to see him get destroyed. But Mayweather, of course, they want to see him get knocked out. You know, so pe- they play off of people's emotions. Yeah, I, I, I pay the money. I don't know how much it uh, Mayweather has made bankrupt. hundreds of millions of dollars of people wanting to see him get beat up, and he'll never get beat up. Yeah. I mean, that's – and it's never that's going right. to happen. It's never going to it's happen. It's never going to happen. And he'll retire a yeah. hundred times and do exhibitions. I can see that guy at 60. If an opportunity presents itself where it's like you get to get in the ring and you get to dictate the rules and all this stuff, I could see him still being like, done. Sign Might me fight up. Shaq. You well, never know. Like, it's I just, think the next fight – I think it's going to be Mayweather versus a kangaroo. Yeah. I think they might somehow. <laughs> well, hey, because people would pay. The kangaroo doesn't know. The kangaroo might just take a swing. It doesn't kangaroo know. It doesn't him. understand the, the the, might... that he can't touch him. <laughs> no. And then... Man, if I have a fight with a kangaroo, I want a contract. Please, um, we're going to kind of, um, his claws, man. His claws. <laughs> could kill him. I want him. Uh... Hey, you want him gloved up. Speaking of video games, man, Streets of Rage 3, Rue, <laughs> get the kangaroo character, Rue, he was, he was awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. I was thinking of him and that kangaroo from the, the Warner Brothers cartoons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That, that, yeah. That, he didn't talk. He was just bouncing. Uh, but, yeah. But, yeah, man, that, that that's what it is, man. And, and yeah. But, um, Chris Paul, I didn't see the game last night, but um, I saw the score. Yeah, Denver, man. You think Denver can make it a series? Look, uh, yes. Now, I think Phoenix is going to win the series, but we've seen Denver down plenty of times to come back and either win a series or force a game seven. Yeah, so, you're right. Um, they've got they've got that in them, but you know, no Jamal Murray. Just it it hurts so much right now, and uh, I think uh, Phoenix yeah. is just the better team, top to bottom. But I I think I can see Denver even in this series, two games to two. I don't think they're losing game three. Yeah, and what is that? Uh, it, it could um, conclude when Saturday. Uh, game three of the series, I think, is Friday, and game four is Sunday. I'll pull up the schedule. Uh, yeah. you, you got Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Clippers, Jazz tonight, Philly, Atlanta, Phoenix, Denver Friday, Utah Clippers Saturday night, ABC Sunday, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, then Phoenix, Denver. So, yep. You you think you you'll start seeing. Um, Celebrity women uh, boxing against each other. You think you'll see something like that? Uh, 
Women a little bit different. It depends. It depends what. It depends what kind of celebrity. Like, I don't think you're going to see a Kardashian getting a box. Yeah, there's ring. no polarizing. Okay, like, what about what figure? Then I think instead of fight. Because Ronda Rousey got beat yeah. up and then was like, I'm done. Yeah, but she's an actual fighter. <laughs> yeah, right? but that's why I'm trying to yeah. think. She's the most polarizing women fight, woman female fighter, fighter, female fighters ever. Yeah, and I'm trying to think who. Would, a big part of it was her showmanship. And who would be duped Ooh, enough Ronda to Rousey? get in the ring with Ronda yeah. Rousey? Now, look, I'm not suggesting oh, she wasn't someone. a good fighter, but all right, go ahead. Who would do it? Caitlyn Jenner. No. Does Caitlyn Jenner need Hello? the payday? An Olympian? Uh, uh, Floyd Mayweather, does he need it? No, but, but Mayweather does this kind of stuff all the time. Norm's over there laughing. <laughs> no, I don't think we're going to see that exhibition match. No, I don't. Oh, uh, man, let me stop. Man. Hey, hey, Scott, hold up. Scott, I'm going to hang up. Norm, you can answer this, but I know, you know, uh, I know I call on your show, but you don't really know. Um, just kind of start talking. Well, now you've been around for a while. But anyway, uh, Scott, man, I'm going to hang up, man. But I, I was told, I was told by, uh, no, I was calling someone on another show, and a guy called in. Don't talk to him. He's controversial. If he calls, don't take his calls. Like, damn. <laughs> I, I did, I did. I'm looked at like that, and I'm controversial. I, I don't. I don't think I said anything that's that's controversial on the radio. I, I don't to the think point where, uh, I mean, I, I, even you know, even say, even if you did, it would be okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, like I said, Scott, like, like, like <laughs> I, I hope that I've said things that are controversial before. Um, Honestly, like I know I'm I'm somewhat simplistic in my my approach to viewing sports at times, but like I, you know, controversial is not necessarily bad either. Well, I got a controversial something to say. You want to? Oh, yes, please. Go ahead. The New Orleans Saints the last four years are the Milwaukee Bucks of the the NFL. I don't know that that's controversial. Okay. I mean, what are the Cowboys? Yeah, who are the the Cowboys (laughs) compares to Norm? Yeah, good point. The Pelicans. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, oh you're right, because they don't have any chin, right? They keep getting knocked down. <laughs> That's what it is. That's it. Well, look, y'all have a good one. Thank you. <laughs> the Cowboys are the Knicks, man. You don't want to admit it, but that's the Cowboys. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I say. Let's celebrate one playoff win every millennium like it's greatest invention ever. We've won more recent than okay, the Knicks. Okay. You've, won, you've won a couple more. But I would say you, you've won, what, two playoff games, three, last 20 years? Yeah. 25 years? Okay. So I, I'll say better than the Knicks. I, I, you gotta give Knicks me a better have won more than three in the last 25. In the last 25 years, they've been to a final. I can't beat the Clippers. No. I gotta no. be the Knicks. I can't be the, the Clippers. Guys. See, don't don't no. put me in the Knicks. The don't Cowboys aren't Knicks. even close to the Clippers are a forgotten about franchise that's like historically awful. The Cowboys yeah. are polarizing. Their fans think they're the now. best thing ever. Oh, yeah, I, I, can't, I can't I can't rock with this. The Knicks? You just don't like you don't like it because deep down you know there's some no, similarities. That's bad. You know there's some similarities, I love especially the with base. the fan bases. Oh, I love their fan base. They especially rally. with the fan base. <laughs> hey, Speaking of, because I screenshot this, I got to see this since you want, you know, America's team. Dakota Prescott, he's leaving Adidas. Jordan Brand. Jordan Brand. And you know what that makes him? The only, only Scott singular 
not plural, singular. He's the only Jordan Brand, the only Jordan Brand Cowboy player and the highest played NFL player on a Jordan Brand because he put that star on his helmet. And all that, playing with the floor de Lee on your helmet, I'm just saying, or a or, or bill or something. You got you to gotta have a song. Yeah, yeah. What about playoff wins? You see the season. Yeah, we'll Super see. Bowl. Super Bowl. That's when you, again, Cowboys and Knicks fans. Look what Forbes says about us. Look what Forbes says. Look what, look at this, look at this advertising money a player gets on our team instead of look at the record. Look at the results. Yeah. Are you winning? We'll see. Yeah. You see? You see? (laughs) And there's your similarities, folks. The season ain't start yet. We're going in the future. You think you're going to win the Super Bowl this year? It's funny. It's cute. No, it's good. See, Cowboys and Knicks fans are cute. They get all gung-ho about a little bit of success every now and then. and They get duped into thinking. I mean, you, you say you won't get marked. Get, you get marked every year by your Dallas Cowboys. This season won't by be By the way, the credit to Zach. Good for him on the Jordan Brand thing. Good for him. Because he got the starness. I'm telling you, you got perks to being a Cowboy. It might not always be winning, but they got some perks. 269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines. Welcome into the show. Hello. Good morning. Morning. I like cowboy fans, and and, and any fan in, for that matter, because it's good to be optimistic. You know, when you're a fan base, even though your team sucks like the Cowboys, they're always optimistic. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like I hate to say this, and and someone made a comment about the the Saints. It's unlike the Saints fans before. The winning started where half of them jumped off of the, the bandwagon and they were like, well, I'm never going to be the same fan again, blah, 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 this and that. And once they started winning, they all started creeping back on. Or 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 uh, folks jumped on in 06 that had never really been on before. And, and that is true. But you have a lot of former Saints fans who were like, well, I'm never going to win. And boom, before they, they're rocking the Saints oh, yeah. jersey, the this, the that, you know. It's like, I don't care about fans. Those are wishy-washy teams, you know. Yeah, let me let me let me tell you something. Any team that's had a lot of success in the last in in the 21st century has a lot of bandwagon fans. Now, I'm not excusing the bandwagon fans for the Saints. If you jumped off and then you jump back on, that's fine. But don't act like it means the same to you as it does to me. Now you mentioned um, one of you guys mentioned the, um, the Saints being the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, basically. And so does this mean that? The, the, the Bucks coach again. Well, Sean Payton. Sean Payton is. Is it Budenhauser or Budenheiser? Yes. Budenhauser, Budenhauser, Um, He's a good regular season coach, but when it comes down to the playoffs, basically. Can, can, I, can I ask you guys this, though? How much of this is just the fact that the Brooklyn Nets are just that good? 70%. I mean, if Brooklyn goes on and just like. Rick rolls Philly or Atlanta. It wins the title. Like everybody in five. No one's gonna look at Philly or Atlanta or Utah, Phoenix, Denver, or the Clippers. If they do the same thing to those teams that they do to Milwaukee, no one's gonna look at those teams the same way they look at Milwaukee and say, "Oh, well, that's an abject failure." And I, I'm just looking at it and saying, "This, I, I, Milwaukee's had some bad postseasons. Don't get me wrong, but this might be more of Brooklyn than Milwaukee. Just doesn't know what to do here." I'm on the fence with that one. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. It might. It, it, maybe Brooklyn doesn't even win the title. I think. I think 
time will tell. I'm more on the fence with with the Bucks because now uh, that's another person that has duped me. And I've been screaming this entire season, regular season. Yeah, and I've been screaming that he needs to play the traditional center position. Now, he can bring the ball up at times and do whatever, whatever. But I feel like for him to be in the Bucks to have the most success is for him to play the traditional center. Now, every playoffs, in this playoffs also, him not playing the traditional center has gotten them beat. Him trying to be the ball handler, him trying to be the primary defender against a, a KD or these other guys that he just can't match up against, it's it's not winning basketball. He needs to be the center and guard up against centers and win that matchup time after time. I just I'm 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 done with Giannis uh, on the Bucks not playing center. Well, you have to put some of that on the coach, you know, because he's doing a horrible job. He's not developing now, Giannis. I I was one of the first ones to say when they put KD and Kyrie together, my first thought was, okay, Steve Nash, you're there as a coach. You're just there because they need someone on the sideline to call a coach because you can just ball, roll the ball out into the court and say, okay, go win me a basketball game. You know, no coaching needed. Once they added Dan Harden, it was a done deal. They really don't need to be coaches. They play these three guys are three of the greatest basketball players. Yeah. And then, and then they're role players, guys. They're not the greatest ever, but they're three of the greatest. Ever, okay? Then, then and, you throw in the fact that they got a guy like Joe Harris, who's I, I'm not suggesting is anywhere close to the same level as those guys. But like when he's on a roster like that, all he he's just going to get open looks all the time. And so exactly. you have this amazing have shooter that will stuff. always have a wide open look. Guess what? He can just drop twenty five in a game, and it's like, oh yeah, they have that dude too. Like Joe they're Johnson. role they're role players on that team are just ridiculous as well. And then you've got Blake Griffin, who has pissed off the entire Detroit Pistons fan base. Hey, he carried that team to an eight seed a few years ago. He did. He his knee dragged up. them to an eight seed. That was a bad team. He tore sudden, his knee up doing all of that. Sudden, all of a sudden, he's gotten the fountain of youth um, out there in Brooklyn, and all the Detroit Pistons fans I know, they're all like, oh, man, Blake Griffin sold us out. You know, hey, it is what it is. But it, there's a chance that Brooklyn won't win it, but I don't see it, to be totally honest, because there's no one in the East that can stop them. And whomever comes out in the West, whew, It's just, look, at this, I'm that. telling you, at this point, the thing to keep an eye on is just the health factor. Yes, that's true every postseason, but this year with that marathon season – 72 games crunched into a smaller time frame, all the COVID testing and having to get up even on an off day, go to the facility at 8 a.m. These guys are gassed. And you've seen key players get injured. Harden, Embiid's playing with partially torn meniscus. Like one big injury or two injuries could still be at play here um, and, and, and shake this entire thing up. I think the injury factor is higher this year this postseason than probably any other postseason just because of the confined schedule this year. And that could just shake up. That, that's something that could shake up this whole postseason. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And I got to give props to Monty Williams for doing such a great job out there in Phoenix. So um, uh, you hear about, you hear about Chris Paul, you hear about Booker and, and this and that, but very seldom do you hear about. Um, Should have been coach of the year. I mean, no disrespect to hey, Tom you. Thibodeau. Monty yeah, deserved coach of the one, year. A thousand percent. 100%. 100% agree with that. Um, there's 
I don't know who the voters were were for this. Well, uh, look, like we're all in agreement there, but like you look at that Knicks roster in in the regular season, Tibbs did they were a four seed that roster. Like it's it's easier to look at now. Like he did some amazing things, but I think Monty to take that team, um, you know, to to a higher seed in the West. Uh, he just he deserved it, man. Monty deserved it, and Tibbs probably should have been runner up. But let's not act like Tibbs didn't do. Uh, it, it's it's harder to see now because the Knicks just stunk it up in the postseason, which is very Knicks like. But that that regular season, nobody saw coming. Oh no, no, and not taking anything away from Tibbs because he is a good coach, you know. But again, I still would have preferred seeing. Well, I would have said, well, who would you vote for? I would have said Monty Williams. No doubt. And, no, no doubt. Now, now, if Phoenix happens to come out of the West, and there's a good chance that they will, because I still have no confidence in Denver or Utah. <laughs> to be totally honest, I could see Phoenix being able to keep up scoring wise with Brooklyn because they've got some scores on that on that Phoenix team now, you know. And Chris Paul can get some buckets um, as far as through assists. And on his own, and Devin Booker is a score, but it'll be tough to beat Brooklyn, especially if Harden comes back um, healthy. Now, if Harden comes back healthy, it's over with. They got all the affinity stones. Oh, yeah. It's done. When he got hurt, they're like, "Oh, oh Milwaukee's <laughs> gonna win this series." No, they're gonna. <laughs> not looking too good. Oh. Not looking too good. So enjoy the rest of your day. Though. Thanks. Nah, because that's that's. Literally, my reaction, because like you said, I, I picked Bucks in six, and Harden went down in the first couple of minutes. I was like, yep, it's going to be a walk in the park for Milwaukee. Then it, it turned into hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just, it just it Durant, went sour. Kyrie and all these. It's just, but it's like, it's like is are they boring? Am I missing something? Who's boring? Is Brooklyn, are the Nets boring? No. KD's much watched TV. I just I can't when I see him just rolling over everyone and it's Brooklyn I'm like oh that's because you gotta you gotta watch it before the second quarter Scott I mean, it's like you okay know, you gotta so watch they're it boring the for three quarters but that first quarter is yeah, must see you gotta, TV. yeah must see TV first quarter by the second quarter you like oh that's the thing. problem hey look that's the problem I, I I can't really start watching until my kids are down so by that time it's usually it's too, it's too if it's the Eastern Conference I've I've missed the first half Scott when they got up to a 49 point lead against the Bucks in the second quarter. I'm not watching that. I cut it off and I, I unplugged my TV. I'm going to read a book. <laughs> I, like, I, I read a book. Yeah, I was like, like, what? And then, you know, that's why I'm t- telling Kyle, like, Kyle, what deep analysis did you really want me to come on the radio and talk about the Brooklyn Nets versus this, the, the Milwaukee Bucks when he was up at one point by 49 points? I don't think there's anything I can. I could talk about. <laughs> we can't be game wise. It's got to be more or less like the the conversations about like perception and identity and why the Nets are kind of why why are they not as polarizing as other super teams of the past? Is because we didn't get it much in the regular season? Is because it's, it's it's the Nets? I think it's kind of sort of like you said. You didn't get it all the entire regular season. Then you had the beginning of the season was the breakup of James Harden. Then you had the PTO saga of Kyrie, and then now you're at. I'm Kevin Durant. I'm the superstar. That, like that was that's how I looked at the Nets' jurors, the journey throughout this entire season. You got James Harden saga, 
Kyrie PTO days, Kevin Durant, I'm the best player in the universe. Like this, the quote super teams of like the last decade. One in Miami, you had LeBron. That's Celtics, all you need. Celtics started. Yeah, but I'm just looking at the last decade. 2009, um, 2010. Well, they, they won years. theirs in what, 08? Okay. Last 10 years, you had LeBron in Miami. And if you have LeBron involved, it's it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, thing about the Celtics was you still weren't sure if they could like win at all. Um, because and they, you know, you had Kobe in the West and Boston, LA. So that made sense why that was big. LeBron being involved makes it big. And then the Golden State thing was because Durant went there after they were already just up three one. Yeah. And but the Warriors were already incredible. Yeah. Like these guys go to Brooklyn and it's like they're okay, but they they were injured for a whole year. Yeah. It was interrupted by COVID. So it was kind of like you don't really think about it. Uh, so you have this whole year, this whole like cushion of like those guys aren't really even playing. Then this year starts. It's not the Knicks, it's the Nets. Guys only played what eight games together. It just nothing you know what it is? really stuck. Had the Nets like won the last couple of titles and then those guys went there, everything. But it's it's almost like guy to this point where in my mind, just the pulse of this team feels much lighter than the Warriors, the the, the big three of the Heat, and then, you know, the you know Celtics why? back then. Because because nobody likes this big three. Nobody likes them. If you talk about everybody else's big three, everybody loves Steph Curry. Everybody, you in, mean there's no one in the big three that anyone likes? Yeah, nobody. Oh, the big four. Nobody likes them. Like, if, if you talk about the Warriors, everybody like loves Clay Steph Curry. Nobody would say anything bad about Klay Thompson. Draymond has his supporters and his haters. And no one liked Durant once he went there. Once he went there. Then you look at LeBron James. There's stands everywhere. Polarizing. Polarizing. It's like the Cowboys. You either love it or hate it, but, but you're not indifferent. D-Wade. The entire state of Florida, you would not get anyone to say anything negative about D-Wade. And he still is loved amongst the league. Still a top three shooting guard in history. Chris Bosh, he had fans. Salt, what, what, now, by the way? He, he repping Salt Lake City. Now, Chris Bosh, nobody hated Chris Bosh. The jokes flew, but nobody hated I like, Chris Bosh. I like Chris Bosh. Well, Kyrie, people dislike Kyrie for his stint in Boston. Coming from his stint in Boston, that's when people, people didn't like Kyrie for... Wanted to leave Cleveland. You talk about James Harden and his breakup with the Houston Rockets. So he's coming off of people hating him. Wearing a fat suit and warm-ups. It, no, that was his body. He gets to Brooklyn and it's like, what happened? Then Kevin Durant, everything that matriculated with OKC and and the Warriors. And then Blake, people just never liked Blake. Like I like the, Blake. Well, I like, I like Blake, but... I like the, the league the players never like Blake. People amongst funny, the league, man. Chris Paul didn't like Blake. There's people that always say, you know, Blake is for something about Blake that other NBA players did not take to Blake. He's like for for yeah. for re, like other stars didn't want to. That's probably pretty pretty much why the reason why the Clippers chose to blow it up because nobody was going to come to play with Blake Griffin. So nobody likes that team. Nobody likes to and then to. It's the Brooklyn Nets. They have no history. They have no lineage. They have no true, like, supreme fan base. You ever met a Nets fan? A New Jersey Nets fan. You ever met a Brooklyn Nets fan? No. No. It's a it's a transplant fan. It's a oh, I was I'm a I'm a James Harden fan. So now I'm a now I'm a Nets fan. Oh, I'm a KD fan. Oh, I've been a Kyrie fan. Well, I never saw you in a Boston jersey. It's just um, 
I've been a Blake Griffin fan. The, no, you haven't. The pulse is so <laughs> it's like if they win it, it's gonna be like there, there's not gonna be much of a like let's celebrate, but there's also not gonna be this like animosity that God, I'm so mad they won it. People will be annoyed. I'm gonna be annoyed. People will be annoyed, but I, I think they'll just kind of go to sleep and then the next day just move on with their life. Whereas like, man, I mean when the Heat won or when the Warriors won with Durant. It was like people were upset for a while. Like, no, nah. it just makes me mad. I think that the Nets win, we'll all kind of be like, cool. All right, when does training camp start? This for is the, the NFL. This is the FU LeBron ring. That's what I call this ring for if the Nets go on to win. The FU LeBron. LeBron, you got put out in the first round. It's but, two but, guys. So it's about LeBron, who's not even like playing. No, I'm t- because it's, you know why? It's two of LeBron's arch nemesis on the same team. But like, that goes. I mean, it, the you, fact that we have you have to tie in, and this I'm not dogging you. The fact that LeBron has to somehow be tied into this shows you how lackluster the the pulse of the Nets are. Because that's what it is. It's going. It's Le, it's KD's third, if I'm not mistaken. LeBron has It'll be his third. Yeah. LeBron has four. LeBron has five. LeBron has four. N- no. Two with the Heat. One with the Cavs, There's one four. with the Lakers. Yeah, he's got four. Right. So now he, now he right behind LeBron. Kyrie got his. I did it without you, LeBron. I'd have told you I didn't need you. I told you I could get my yeah, own shot off. Yeah, but on this, on this ridiculously stacked team. Well, I'm. I've always said Kyrie's been a loser without a ridiculously stacked team. I saw him lose and get two number one picks in Cleveland. He went to Boston, that was a playoff team, and turned them into a non-playoff team. Well, they went to play, but well, it was just trash. And then he had to go team up with KD in order to get back into talking about playoff winning and championships. But this is the ha-ha, LeBron, I told you I can do it without you. And for KD, this the, I got one more. And then we tied. Then, then what's to, the GOAT argument? This goes it, back to LeBron. It goes time. back to LeBron because KD's chasing LeBron. I don't care what nobody says. KD is full-on chasing LeBron. Keep running. Slim Reaper. Only got one more. Two more. Well, if they Durant doesn't care about etiquette anymore, and there's a small part of me that respects it. Oh, I'm with you. There's a small part of me. He he is insecure. He, he does. Those things are true. But he he's not pretending anymore. No. No, he's he's in your face with he's it. He's not pretending anymore. He's in your anymore. face with it. Like he's lashing out in post game. At least, interviews. at least, at least you're not hiding, man. Just if you're gonna, if you're gonna be insecure and live online, at least own it. And he has been owning. He's it been owning hard. It. I love it. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Uh, body language. Norm claims to be an expert. He's oh, not. Yeah. He's not. He claims to be an expert. He's uh, watching Saints media availability the last few days. Reading body language because uh-huh. we all know that when it comes to actual and tone, body language and tone. Okay, all right. It's gonna give. It's gonna give some analysis. It won't shock you when you hear some of the things he has to say. Actually, it might. Don't go anywhere. It's the Great Scott Show, ESPN fourteen twenty. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Rest in peace, MCA. Body language. What is my body language this morning, Norm? You claim to be an expert. You're feeling good today. Oh, thank you. You're feeling good today. There's some mornings where you can tell I'm not. 
I could tell that you, you you haven't had your um your Mountain Dew levels on high enough. Yeah. <laughs> I actually got a shower this morning before I got into work. That doesn't happen often. Usually it's just like I'm here. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> like I got that. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I do I feel I do feel good. Well, when you're waking up so early like you do, you that shower I know is like coffee. Man, I, it it rarely happens. It's usually like a shower <laughs> maybe every few days at night because <laughs> I guess I, I, be, I guess I better do this. Got to do it. Probably don't want to get, you know, start smelling bad. I probably should shower. Um, all right, body language. Saints media availability. A lot of players spoke to the media via Zoom this week. Uh, what? I'll, I'll say one thing, and then I'll. the floor is yours. Okay. It's clear that the guys love Jameis Winston, and – it's not surprising because the reality is, as as many people that have made jokes about Winston, my hands raised. I've laughed at some of his turnovers in the past. Okay. I won't, you know. I mean, I'll probably natural. I've laughed at a crab legs joke before. Um, the vision rival is natural. Yeah, but even even in, like it just there's something there's something about eating the W's. Like, I, hey, hand up. As much as me, as much as the media has. Um, been critical of him and I think justly when you consider the turnovers as much as all of that stuff one thing about Jameis that is true all the way back from his high school days in Alabama to college at FSU to Tampa Bay to one season in New Orleans and now a little bit of an offseason everywhere he's been Norm his teammates have absolutely loved him yes a fact so hearing everyone say all this great stuff about him and how much they genuinely like the guy uh, wasn't a surprise. Anyway, that's the one thing that's, that that I guess stood out to me, yet it wasn't surprising. But you're you're not looking for quotes. You're looking at the body. Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at the body because the quotes even talk about play and pass snap counts, all that. Uh, you know, it's okay indicators, but when when a guy starts talking and you looking at them, and again, like you said, this is a Zoom call, so it's like, okay, you you shouldn't be having like this attitude with with the computer. That's that's my mind frame watching. It's like, okay, so if you catching the attitude with the computer, then <laughs> it's not the. I mean, it's, it's the, the people. It's the computer, it's Scott. Not the computer. It's the computer. If you you know giving these snoring looks or this I don't care attitude at the laptop. Then you know it's something. Something's a little bit off because I watch Traquan Smith. I watch uh, Cam Cam Jordan, uh, Jameis Winston, um, the the second year offensive lineman, Caesar Ruiz. Caesar Ruiz. I watch all of them smile, be so energetic in front of the camera, and 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 really look in depth into what they was talking to and answering questions. Well. When Alvin Kamara was kind of talking, it just seemed like he was out of it. It just seemed like it was out of it. Him answering the questions just seemed like it was kind of just him, you know, going through the motions. And then when the topic of, like you say, the quarterback battle comes up, he was so indifferent. He didn't, like, big up both guys. He was just like, whoever's back there, they got to give me the ball regardless. You know, that's just... (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, he's not wrong, but I just... That's just the vibes that I got from him. Well, you know... I, I just, and then Marshawn Lattimore, I didn't like his body language, but obvious reasons. Uh, you know, when they asked him about everything that transpired in the offseason. But it's like, from him, I was just looking for more so of, even if he would have came out and just said, you know, it's a legal problem. Uh, my team is handling it. 
uh, any statements is going to come out, it's going to come out from my lawyer. And then move on. Well, it's like after that question, poof, the interview went downhill until they talked about Julio Jones. He sparked up a little bit. Then it went back downhill. And it's just like ah. defense, cornerback position. Uh, he asked him about the depth and what he's thinking about the defense. And he didn't, again, he was But like, like right, Camara's at times often pretty gregarious and fun interviews. So. Correct. Lattimore's like, and he wasn't this week, as you pointed out. But Lattimore is always – I would not describe him, at least in front of a camera, as charismatic at all. Probably – I he does not like being interviewed. Now, he does it, but like he's made comments on social media before, like, yeah, it's not bad being out of the locker room by the time the media gets in there. Like, I just don't think he likes it in general. Yeah. And then he had to go into a situation where he's like, they're going to ask me about two things I can't and don't want to talk about. But you got to address it. And I, that's just what I, I look for for it from him. And the biggest person I, that I want to listen to and see is Michael Thomas. And he hasn't talked yet. Maybe he talks today. Maybe he talks. You know, I don't know when he's going to talk. He's not the talkative of person. He's not going to say anything relevant. He might do it with his fingers and, later. And although voice, he's been pretty quiet on social. Yeah, it's going really well. <laughs> the best. He's <laughs> I, I, like I remember when. I mean, I I know what his voice is like. I've heard it for a couple of years. But I remember the the season he broke the record for most receptions in a single season. All these people like hadn't heard him talk before, and they were interviewing him after the game. They're like, "That's what he sounds like." That's what he sounds. Like, like. Yeah, man. He sounds like Mike Tyson. I wouldn't want to mess with Mike. No, you know, you don't mess with Mike, but people but, used to say that about Ricky Williams, like, oh, his voice, his voice. I'm like, you don't run you over, don't man. Don't pull up on Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but see, that's that's just what I'm looking for. But everybody overall from the press conference, like even Sean Payton, like poking fun. Uh, I like listening to Sean. Um he said that he, right now he has a game plan for Taysom or James Wilson, which is like I said, I don't listen to the words. Because that's what you're supposed to do, Sean. Like you so you're supposed to have a plan from your the two different styles of quarterback. So that's not nothing new in my mind. Now the question is, Sean, is which one you believe in? That's the that's what I want to know. Not not oh yeah, I have a have a, a philosophy for both quarterbacks. I bet you do. Dink and duck and air raid. <laughs> it's like it's not not that complex. Dink, dunk, run, drop back, don't turn it over, throw. That's it. Both guys. Just don't turn the ball over. Something they have a problem with doing. Yeah. All right. So in terms of the Camara, uh, your Camara read into the body language, he's that guy. Just feels like he's still full on off season mode, doesn't it? Yeah, I think. Like I think he's just he does his he does his own workouts a certain way. He doesn't work out with teammates. You know, voluntary. Well, not voluntary. Mandatory OTAs, but not your traditional OTAs happening right now. Like he. He just seems like he wants to be back on like the beach or the club or something. He, he, the Is mountains. that fair? He likes the mountains. He likes the mountains? snowboarding. Yeah, that's his that's his new pastime right now, is snowboarding. And I And NASCAR. He got into that recently. Na, and NASCAR. Now I just feel like Yeah, like you say, he, he he's not all the way into camp, but I feel like he's not gonna be all the way into camp until he truly knows who's his quarterback's gonna be. And I, me, my hunch is he doesn't want one person to be it because it kind of took away from him breaking the record oh you think he doesn't like Taysom Hill well statistically wise he doesn't play well with Taysom Hill as the quarterback he doesn't have I mean that's statistically we'll see what happens with uh with Jameis if he's the guy but yeah I mean the the offense is going to be very different 
when Taysom Hill's the quarterback in terms of Kamara's role, 100%. But Winston was asked about throwing it to Kamara. He's like, yes. Yes, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to give, I'm gonna give him the ball. Like, I'm yeah, gonna, uh, I'd be dumb not to do that. Just get that guy the ball and let him let him go to work. ESP at 1420 and I expect a big year. Like, uh, I'm starting to get my fantasy football uh, big boards together, and I got Kamara, uh, top three running back. The Saints. 35 to 1 odds for the Super Bowl. I'd give them 30, 30 to 1. You lay down a couple dollars? Not on the Saints. <laughs> I mean, if they win, you could get a big payout. Yeah, but I, I can I put, I'll put five on it. You got five on it. <laughs> I got five on it. I got it. five on it. Uh, Brooklyn, Milwaukee tonight. Milwaukee is a three and a half point favorite, Norm. Speaking of betting. I mean, you you sitting there saying Brooklyn's gonna win by a thousand. I do think I do think um, the Bucks do win this game. the The Nets did what they were supposed to do and win both games. But I do think the Bucks, if you were just trashing them, I do, and but, saying Brooklyn's gonna dominate. I do. I say Brooklyn in five. I say a gentleman sweep. Well, you got to win one game to get to five, <laughs> and this is the game. Clippers, Utah. That. If it's anything yes. like the first game, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Utah and is a three-point favorite. I'm going with Utah. PPPG because it's a scam. That's why they call them that, Scott. It's a scam. Dude, the, that Salt Lake City crowd was letting him have it. Playoff P, Anytime he touched the ball, I mean, overrated, all the nasty. I mean, just... I yeah it was that was a great atmosphere. Now I don't condone the things that Jazz fans that have since been banned have said, whether it be to Russell Westbrook or to or to John Morant's family. Um, that aside, in terms of the noise level there, like that's a one hundred percent one of the best home court advantages in sports. No, that's a fact. Because I mean, what else is there to do up in Utah? They, they love the Jazz, <laughs> man. Hey, Camaro would go snowboard. He'd have a good time. Yeah, I, I mean, for like the Utah people, they I do know. that all the time. I don't know, but they they. They've always supported the Jazz well. I mean, it's that place is just loud. Now, I don't know. I think I think if Mike Conley doesn't play, it, I think they missed him. I think he's a, a presence, even though Lynn calls him a bum, which I think is ridiculous. Oh, I don't know what's wrong with him. You get a veteran like – no, he's not the player he used to be, but to suggest that he's a bum, Mike Conley's he still make plays. He can still go. And um, and he's a, a veteran that's been to a conference finals before that you want on the floor. So – if he misses another game, it, it could be um, could be another dogfight again. But I, I think this one will probably go down to the last few minutes, which I'll regret tomorrow morning. But if it's good, I'm going to stay up and watch. Yeah, no, I'm with you. If it's good, I'm going to stay up and watch. It's kind of like my fault. Like I, if, if we get to the third quarter and if it starts, if a team starts pulling away, I'm like, all right, I'm out. Big time for Bonzo. If not, all right, you got me. <laughs> and then when it's really good, then I have trouble going right to bed afterwards because, you know, it gets my adrenaline going a little bit. That's Norman Locke. Catch him this afternoon at 3 o'clock, Sunday mornings at 8. He's all over the place. What is it, at Lock Morning? What's the exact Twitter handle? Lock underscore Norm. There it is. Underscore Norm. I, I, yeah, get the underscores mixed up. What's the underscores? What's my handle? Scott Prather. Nope. See, you even know mine. 
Scott Prather. That was taken. No. <laughs> Scott <laughs> underscore 1420. <laughs> you see, that was taken. That was taken. I couldn't just have my name. There was some guy that just had the name Scott that probably got it, you know, like right when Twitter started. And he hasn't, like, used it. He never tweets, but he just, like, has in his bio, like, Scott. Twitter handle is not for sale. Man, and my I own my original Twitter handle that Twitter took from me, Norman Locke, at Norman Locke. You own it? I mean, it's mine. It's gone, though. Why did they take it? Because of a Drake video that I posted. Oh! For, yeah, God's plan. It was God's plan to snatch my 6,000 6, followers. You're not allowed account. on here. Whatever. It might have been a good thing. You know, yeah. years from now, they might be like, what is Saturday Night Special? No, I, don't, I don't get this. Yay. And that's why it's okay. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to do it for the great Scott Show, the great sports callers, Open Think Tank. Charlie Long, who's been filling in this week for Steve, is next. Say something nice about Charlie, Norm. Charlie is um, a, ba- a baseball aficionado. He knows so much. Machine. That's right. Don't go anywhere. We'll pass the mic to him next. It's ESPN1420 and .com.